There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Rest Podcast number 644. Uh, what are you up to this weekend? The, this weekend? Just working? Just uh, finishing? Are you done yet? Now it's just, uh, we're just still trying. Takes a to- long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, when I was on Web Soup, I was so used to doing like the, you know, I sat with editors and worked on the, Web, you, know. you mean Touchpoint O? No, there was another one that you hosted, actually. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, it was called Web Soup. Pretty much, I'm sure, I'm sure I remember that. No, no, that's, it's, it, we worked together, it was years ago. Wow, we were there actually when we started this at very podcast. Where did it air? On G4. What's that? G4 was this network uh, that was kind of like about tech stuff. You would well, take me it. to it. Go, I don't see it on my cable box. Oh, it's not around anymore. You, that doesn't make sense. Cable channels don't just disappear. Yeah, this one did. Mm. And it turned into Esquire Network. Mm, sounds like a fake thing. You know Esquire. <laughs> they, they make all the stuff that appeals to me as a man. <laughs> you know, because I'm not going to read Cosmo to figure out how to groom my eyebrows. I would read Esquire. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm only going to read Cosmo to find out the hottest sex tips around. I'm going to read Cosmo to find out about mind-blowing orgasms and men's health to figure out how to get rock-hard abs. Exactly. How many times can you write about abs is what I'm wondering. How many times can you write about mind-blowing orgasms? Fucking many times. Mind-blowing abgasms. That's where you're... <laughs> that's, I can make that's my... the name of your next album. Can... Mind-blowing abgasms. I can make my stomach squirt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Oh, gross. That is gross. Chicago was fun. I just performed in Chicago. Oh, yeah. Was that cold? It was about one degree. One degree? Yeah. Why even bother? <laughs> you know, I kind of feel like saying to people in that region of the country, like, you know there's large uninhabited parts of the United States you could just come <laughs> settle. Yeah, but then, you know, they can't have that second city chip on their shoulder. No. I, you know what? I love Chicago. It's just it. it's so cold. It's it, so cold this time of year. And, yeah, and I'm a pussy, too. I yeah. should mention that Chicago, I'm a weather, Minneapolis. I'm a weather pussy. Did Lydia know. go out? Huh? Did Lydia go out to Chicago? She, I thought you meant, did she go up and do stand-up? Did she go do, did she middle? <laughs> yeah, she came to do, she came to Chicago with me. Nice, nice. Which was great, because I'm kind of showing her, like, this is what it's like to be on the road. Lonely. <laughs> <laughs> you, you put your luggage down, you gotta t- pick it back up, <laughs> leave. It's too cold to do anything, yeah. otherwise I'd show you Chicago. Is that a, is that a kind of a thing where it's like, you're like, it's like, this is it, it's not exciting, it's kind of boring, I'll be doing this a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And, but she's like, it's great. You know, this was what's so fucking amazing about Lydia. Like, she says things that you think would just be written in movies, but she really means them. Where I'll go, I'm really sorry. You don't want it. And she's like, I'm just happy to be with you. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> you found love, Chris. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. How does that work? It's very nice. So you just want to spend time with me and you don't care about what the setting is? <laughs> uh, we, uh, we ate at this amazing place that CM Punk directed us to called Kuma's Corner, which is the fucking greatest burger. That sounds familiar. Yeah. It's uh like on Belmont, I think, but I had the Mastodon. There it's like a it's like a like a death metal 
themed oh, nice. bar. Oh, so Mastodon, like the band, they had the burger. Yes, yes. All the burgers have, yeah. na- have names, and they're playing metal in the. the... Oh, nice, <laughs> like nice. It was a, this is the dogs. They have dogs in there too. They have dogs. Rawr, 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 rawr. Yeah, yeah. So the Mastodon is basically a burger with cheese and barbecue sauce and like little onion flakes. Yeah, and, uh, it's it's incredible. In um in Alhambra, I think is a Grilla Mall. Uh, Grilla Mall is like another metal themed uh, uh, burger place where that's all themed like off of so uh, metal bands. But great, great burgers. You'd love it. Chicago, great. Lydia, great. Kuma's great. Um, now, uh, this episode is Ted Melfi, who uh, is promoting the Blu-ray release of St. Vincent, which is a fantastic movie. And wait a minute. I think that's Morse code. It's saying... Chris, get a piece of paper. Okay. It says... Need to hang picture. Stop. <laughs> picture is slightly askew. Wait. Stop. I think that's a riddle. Kyle, what's the riddle? Picture. Moving in. Moving picture. St. Vincent picture. on Blu-ray. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> I'm actually impressed. Uh, you're going to be a great Batman. Oh, it's too bad we don't let you talk more. I know. Okay, you need to stop talking. Uh, St. Vincent, fantastic on Blu-ray. Ted Melfi, uh, writer-director of St. Vincent. And uh, we're going to put some very special artwork that he had uh, wanted that didn't get used to promote the film and the posters. And so he sent us these exclusive um, – or maybe they're not exclusive, but he gave them to us. So uh, go to Nerdist.com and check out the page where we put the podcast of the Nerdist episode number 644 with Ted Melfi. Hooray. Now entering Nerdist.com. We're just talking about John Travolta's hairline. Yeah. And the wonder I, of it. I don't know if... I think that's a whole thing's a wig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we've discussed. Yeah. And yeah. he just puts them on like hats. No, he means all of John Travolta's a wig. <laughs> oh, <laughs> more not... wig than man. Uh, Jonah means the political party, the, the now so dead defunct political party. He's part of the... He's trying to bring back... Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's, I think it's like, you know, when I put on the Red Sox hat with the B or the one with the little socks, I think it's like just whatever I feel like that day. But that's that's, that's what he does with his hair. Yeah. Sort of like Mozart? Kind of, except less cool and less talented. (laughs) (laughs) You know, no one could be offended by that. You know, that is is something where you could say to someone, like, not one person could be like, this guy's a less talented version of Mozart. People would be like, oh, that's That's fine. He's a real Salieri. I'll take a B plus. (laughs) Salieri. My favorite reference. It's such a good reference. Mm -hmm. I thought your favorite reference was Ellen Cleghorn. No, it's Denise Vance. Denise Vance is what it was. How are you doing, Ted? I am good, thank you. I apologize. I I I I don't normally stay up late, and then last night I went to functions, and I Oscar functions, Oscar functions, and uh, I I'm not a drinker. I don't drink, but I just I also don't but stay up night, late. Last night you said fuck it. I fucking did it, guys. <laughs> no, and so I, it was just one of those situations. You used your twelve year chip to open a bottle. Yeah, that's- <laughs> <laughs> and it actually, was with the, and then the chip exploded. Yeah. And then it ate itself. Yeah. Uh, no, no. But uh, so I apologize if I I'm, I I don't mean to be uh, to look tired and be sleepy. I just I'm not an up late person. Did you go to anything last I, night? I did not. I boycotted the whole thing. You did? Yeah. What do? You, oh, because of course. No, just because I took cares. Okay. No particular reason. Yeah, I'd never I'd never been, so I kind of wanted to just see what it was like. The parties? Yeah. Which ones you go to? 
We went to the Elton John one and the Vanity Fair one. I almost went to that one. It was fun. <laughs> but you were, too, you were boycotting. Okay. It was no, fun, I went though. to stay home. I, who cares? You know? yeah. yeah. You don't need any of that shit. No. I'm normally not very social, which is why it was a big deal, which is why I'm usually, I'm usually in bed by like 11 o'clock. I, I'm in bed by 9. What? what? Hey. So I'm in bed by 8. No. Matt? Wait. Matt? I, went. No, I stay pretty late sometimes, guys. You're in bed by 8? No. No, okay. no. Just, was, okay. Oh, I get God. sleepy at 8, and then I just force my way through not wanting to go to bed until 11. <laughs> yeah, Jonah, you go to bed at 11? Yeah, usually. I, I always pegged you as like a guy who'd be up until 3 or 4 in the morning. No, no, no. Just I, listening I, to indie records. No, no, no. I love it. Love <laughs> sleeping. Love sleeping. What about, what, are you a morning guy? I'm a, no, yeah. I'm up at 5.30. Do you have kids? Yeah. Okay. Two. Is that the reason? That's or not you... the reason. I'm up before them. This I'm is up why at five thirty. You should just go individual. into their rooms and bounce on their bed. I just wake them up. Wake them up. Make them really aggravated. Oh, that's fantastic! <laughs> yeah. Fine. Fuck I... you. You ruined the first year of my life. <laughs> first year of your life. No. This is what it's like. <laughs> this is what it's like. So now your kids are morning people. Yeah. It's no, no. They wake up at, right before school. Do you write when you get up, or do you just is, sometimes? Is or is it just you just like the. You like the quiet twilight hours. Do you really want to know what I do? I would love to know yeah, what you do. That's a, that's I meditate for half an hour. Okay. That's fantastic. Uh, then I ride my bike for half an hour. Fantastic again. Do you ride a bicycle outside or do stationary you stationary bike? bike? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I go places in my mind. <laughs> you should just do the I, meditating in that at the same time and go anywhere. I should just kill two fucking birds once. A bike ride within and I'd yourself. Get up at six instead of five thirty. Exactly. There you, go. you should envision yourself. <laughs> Damn it! You should envision yourself as Pee Wee on the bike, right. uh, winning yeah. the, tour, the Tour de France. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually just saw St. Vincent over the weekend. It's fucking great. It's great. Thank you, man. Yeah, it's good it's so. It's so. Uh, it, are we recording right now? We are, We've yeah. been recording. She's a silent killer. That one. Oh, Katie. She's just looking at John Travolta's <laughs> hairline. <laughs> you know, actually, I think that would be your next meditative bike ride is just riding the perimeter of his hairline, like all the way around. One might get lost. Yeah. <laughs> also, there's a because the hairline changes. Line. Sometimes it's a long ride. Sometimes, sometimes it's a short sometimes ride. Sometimes nothing there. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to just put on a wig, though, like why not like crazy mohawk or something with spikes well, in it? I mean, it? he does like, not to make this about John Travolta's hair, but he Again. does, he does do that. Like he does go with the super short one and then Days later, it's the long. Why do you think he was touching so many people in the Oscars? I, I didn't think he was trying to. Uh, Why not? He's got a plane. He can probably fly them places. He could land that fucking plane. <laughs> he can touch who he wants to touch. Did you watch the Oscars at all? Pieces. Yeah, I didn't I, I, really because I was at work in between right. the parties. But uh, pieces of it. So I, I, I missed all of it. It just feels like um, like a tense environment. It's, it it doesn't feel warm. No. <laughs> it doesn't feel no. warm. But my guess is that probably, you know, it's it's the audience is probably a good percentage is tense actors, and then a bunch of seat fillers who are who fucking knows what their deal is. I've sat at a table with several seat fillers before. <laughs> it's awkward. It is, <laughs> yeah. Do you talk to them? Because you you they sit down and you yeah. go, do I? I think I know them. No, I don't know them. I think, I, and you think for a minute you might know them, and then you look at them, and then they always just look away. Oh, weird! Don't engage because they're not supposed to engage. I yeah. mean, it's it's weird. They're it's es- really awkward. They're That's essentially really and you're like, hey, hey. They're, they're essentially human celebrity spackle. 
Like that's their job is to yeah. fill in the gaps Don't where there's yeah. no fucking ghost. <laughs> I think seat fillers should be. I think they should get like celebrity lookalikes. Yeah, but old timey uh, celebrities yeah. just like Charlie Daddy Chet Arbuckle, like right, right, right. <laughs> just dressed in period yeah. costume. Right. I mean, if you're gonna, and that wouldn't stand out. <laughs> yeah. No, it would. That would mean that it should stand out. It should. That be. would be amazing. It would be amazing. I just think the uh, well, one day when we run the world, we'll, we'll change everything. Yes, yeah. Greta Garbo's over there. <laughs> I mean, I just don't know why everyone has to take it so seriously. It's like there should it's, be an it's element. a very stiff show. Yeah, it feels like going to like a fancy dinner when you're real young. There's a lot of white like, people. Yeah, I yeah. mean, a sea of white. You can't yeah. get too many of them together. In and a sea of sixty-year-old whites. Sixty-year-old white yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the the most fun kind. The most fun kind yeah. yeah, together so in, one, in one pile. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, uh, I did I did have fun though, but but that 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 was probably my social engagement event for the next several months. Like, all right, I went. Out. I was very surprised when you texted me from that party. I was like, what are you doing? How was I the Elton party? John party? It was well, it was great, but I had to go work in the middle of it. So I got there and sat down for dinner, and then before dinner came, I had to go work. And what time I, was dinner? Um, Nine thirty. No, no, but uh, I guess like you know seven. Oh, but my my I. Oh, the party was during the Oscars. It, it was a viewing party. Oh, I didn't. So know they that. set up this dinner. Nice. There are two elements of it. There's is Elton after- there? He is there, and so serving uh, dinner. So he's not serving. <laughs> well, Gordon Ramsay was actually the party. It was Gordon's dinner. Gordon Ramsay did the menu, so Gordon was there, kind of running around and checking all the menus. Oh, really? and everything. He, he should have yelled at him, told him the food sucked, and <laughs> pulled, pulled the house kitchen. Here's up. how you can yeah. make this better. Yeah. That's what I do. I'm, he must love that when people do that. I'm all sure it's a delight. But uh, yeah, Elton, Elton, and his partner David were there, and they had this auction afterwards for the AIDS Foundation. Did and you they, bid on anything? <laughs> no, because the starting bids were like fifty thousand oh. dollars. So did you get anything? Did you buy anything? <laughs> oh no, Chris, I've seen you on television a lot. You, okay, <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. I, did you steal any trinkets from his house? That would I be... did not go to his house. Yeah, that, that would have been the perfect time to go to his house because he was there. <laughs> right? Shit! Yeah. Damn it! Opportunity missed. Someone bid like one of the one of the things up for. I mean, and they I, they raised millions of dollars for for his AIDS yeah. foundation. But one of the things was. Um, uh, just like prints and tickets to the Vanity Fair party. Wait, you could bid on prints? Not prints. <laughs> yes, you could bid on prints. It didn't sell. No. <laughs> that would be amazing if you yeah. could buy, <laughs> just just buy a night with prints. And it comes in a crate. It yeah. just helps it up and ah, it comes in a small <laughs> crate. Yeah. With seven girls. Fragile. <laughs> It's a purple crate. It's a tiny, tiny crate. Purple, that's a crate. Purple crate. That's that's bad. That's so really. What, what that's was a, the thing you're yeah, gonna say? That's awful. Sorry. Yeah, that's awesome. Prince at the same and, time. No, it's just, it's just people, like people were bidding. Awesome. Was there like piano lessons from Elton John? There was I mean, not piano lessons from Elton John. It was like you know, stay in a uh, on a like rent an island. Was it like write a tune? Bernie Taupin will write your lyrics. I mean, if it was like literally, people were bidding one hundred, two hundred thousand dollars. I would bid on something. For thing, yeah. no, just and prayed I didn't get it. Yeah, <laughs> is that like a big you ever done that in uh, auction? Just, I've done that in an auction yeah. before. Uh, it starts oh, at a hundred thousand dollars. Hundred thousand and one dollars <laughs> sold. No, 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 no. No, I only have one dollar. That's not how this works. I don't put in the dollar, and he puts in the hundred thousand. I just add on whatever he said. I, I thought this was the start of the negotiation. Once I get it, <laughs> I have an inspector come and check out the product. Which, by the way, you're having to yell that yeah, everything yeah, you yeah. just said. You're having to yell. Over, over <laughs> 
thought this was the start. I'm sorry. No, don't ruin the next thing yet. We're still supposed to be here. Guys, take PayPal. I should go. I really should go. Put it on the Underhills. No one? I know the Underhills. What is the Underhills? That's from a Chevy. Is that Chevy Chase? Fletch. Oh, yes. God damn it. Sorry. Sorry. That's all right. It's been a long time since he or that movie was relevant. <laughs> it is a good hey, one, though. Yeah. What's your favorite 80s movie? It's what's a great your movie. Favorite, it's a great what were your favorite movies when you were growing up? 80s movies. Uh, John Hughes stuff was awesome. Yep. Yeah. Anything John Baby's Hughes. Baby's Day Out. Yeah. <laughs> Even Pretty in Pink. Pretty in Pink, yeah, fun. Weird, weird, you know, uh, weird science. Ferris Bueller. Uh, Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those were all I just fantastic. saw Matthew Broderick. Uh... Sat, when was it? Saturday night? I went to the play. It's only a play is the name of the play. Mm-hmm. Is it here? Martin Short was in it. No, it was in, I, was in, I was in New York. And we were just walking, and we saw that they were loading all these theaters. And we were like, oh, let's go see something. And then we just walked up to the ticket booth. And we had, like, fourth row orchestra to what? this play. So no one's going. So it was, no, it was full. It was full, but we oh. somehow got those tickets. So we just went, and uh, it was Matthew Broderick, Martin Short, uh, uh, F. Murray Abraham, uh, Salieri. It was a real. It was a great cast, but the play <laughs> was uh, so inside baseball for Broadway. Yeah, the biggest laugh of the evening was a Harvey Firestein joke. Wow! <laughs> oh. and then like another huge laugh was if you take the theater out of New York, all you're left with is Newark. It really yeah. bowled everyone over. Mm-hmm. Everyone did an admirable job acting, oh. except Matthew Broderick, who I was like, does he want to be here? So then I read a review. I was like, let me just see what everyone else. Everyone loves the play for the most part, but there was one, I think it was Time Out New York, that said my favorite line of I've ever read in a review. It was uh, Matthew Broderick uh, doesn't so much perform as he uh, is a Madame Tussauds representation of himself wheeled out with hidden speakers. It was amazing. You know the guy like thought of it in the beginning of the play. He's like, I gotta yeah, fucking I gotta, remember I gotta, this one. Yeah. But the whole play is like about a Broadway play and like a bad. Well, review I gotta go write this review, but I need to go and think. I'm it gonna go to the Wax movie. Museum like <laughs> I always do to get my thoughts together. <laughs> so just comes over. I've we're closing in five minutes. It is Wait right a there. minute. It is right there. But that was yeah. It was a, it was a it was amazing. So he's not gonna get a Tony nod. For, no. for that, I don't. I don't think so. But everyone, I thought everyone else was. They did. They all did great jobs with the materials. It's a great cast. Given. It was a yeah. great cast. I think Martin Short should host next year's Oscars. Martin Short would Martin be Short's an amazing host. Yeah. Amazing. He would be amazing. Why yeah. is he not hosting it? I don't know. He's not young enough. That's well. I neither was Billy Crystal. The, yeah, I know. Yeah. Everyone made a big point about how he... Billy Crystal <laughs> now, like you know, then Billy. Didn't Martin Short's that. probably sixty. Yeah. 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 Right? But he's he's still. We, it was, he's it as funny as he's ever. Oh, yeah. he's so his SNL it. moment was probably one of my favorite moments. Like the, the he killed thing. it. Yeah, when he was getting blown back, just fucking. So I funny. didn't see that either. I was on a plane for that too. <laughs> I was working for that too. Why would they have to have it on a Sunday? <laughs> it's also on the internet. What's that? <laughs> Explain this to me, John. I don't understand. You, you should, you, it's also a bunch of it's on the SNL app, which is pretty fucking rad. Snow. You can just like look up old sketches and they stream off of the. the oh app. really? Oh, yeah, they got their own app. It's great. Yeah, it's not everything. Not everything. Did you but, pay for it? Uh, no, it's all free. Really? Yeah, and then like every four sketches you watch, there's a commercial for 30 seconds. Oh, so they're making money. Huh. So yeah. you get to see your favorite making copies sketch. <laughs> yeah, that's on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't... Th- there was like one I couldn't find. I Like I found... Super Colon Blow is on there, and Schmidt's Gay is on there. Like, oh, uh, Schmidt's Gay. Stuff. 
Yeah, that's is great. the uh, the Tom Hanks uh, Mr. Belvedere fan club sketch on I, there? I didn't look that one up. I didn't see it. I, also, I was upset that I didn't see the mimic, the Alec Baldwin sketch. Oh yes, where he's uh, he's like the guy that can do any voice. <laughs> like, Hello, this is Mrs. Deverell. We're at the pier. Ah ah. How great was his Tony Bennett? Oh, oh his Tony oh, Bennett's amazing. God. Yeah, it's so good. Every time he does it, it's the best yeah. thing you've ever seen. Oh God. <laughs> they have a uh, sack, the strategic air contraceptive. I can look all these up if you want. <laughs> all right. Uh, of the John Hughes movies, when I was growing up, I always gravitated more toward the the weird science side. Yes. The Breakfast Club, I appreciated. Yes. But it was, but it was just there was just it was just too moody for me when I was a kid. Yeah. I just needed more goofy teenagers running weird around. Weird Science is one of the best movies ever made. I'm yeah. so glad that it has not been. They'll do well, it. they did a TV show. I know they did the TV show. They'll remake it. They will remake Eventually. it. Eventually. Yeah. Yeah. It's a sequel. Weirder Science. That's oh, what yeah. it's going to be called. Same cast. They Same made cast. Hot Tub Time <laughs> yeah. Machine, too. They did make <laughs> They did. Yeah. And no one even remembers Hot Tub Time Machine. Well, I think, I think it should and, be... And judging from the box office, no one remembered Hot Tub Time Machine 2 was out this week. Oh. oh! Guys, this is my box office minute with Matt. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a minute. I'll make it feel like an hour. <laughs> I was like, that's why slogan. While we were getting ready, I was getting ready to go last night. Those fucking like pre-carpet shows are oh, they're mad. So awkward because it's 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 people with the host. Um, someone at some point created uh, this host tempo. Mm-hmm. It's a template, and they all use it. And I don't know where the fuck it came from. But it sort of sounds like this. Oh, it's a burka durka urka durka urka. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, but just but then watching them talk about uh, Rosamund Pike's dr- dress, yeah. who had just had a baby, and they're like, the last time she did the SAG Awards, this dress was Gone Girl, and I'm like, why is this allowed <laughs> on television? Reese Witherspoon had a really awesome like uh, thing she was trying to promote, like a hashtag called Ask Her More. Yeah, and it was all about it's like it's like please ask the actresses more about than just their dress. Yeah, it was. Uh, we but, should spoof that where every question is yeah. about the dress. Yeah, tell us exactly. about your underwear. <laughs> no, no we don't talk about the dress. What about the shoes? The shoes are great. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm asking you more. Who's, this is what you wanted, right? Whose hair are you wearing, John Travolta? Whose hair are you wearing? <laughs> what do you think's harder? You think Same you think it's Gary. harder to do that, or do you think it's harder to do the red carpet uh, premiere interviews? They're the same. Uh, well, I don't think they're quite the same. I mean, I did the I did a lot of the red carpety bullshit for G4, and I hated it. But I feel like well, at with, least the movie premieres are about something. That's true. Yeah, that and true. also it's like there, there's no, there's not as real pressure on the movie premiere because mm. it's done and it's yeah. like they're they're not. Yeah, you know. Yeah, there's no there's no nervousness. There's as no far like. As, yeah, yeah. There's no like win or lose. It's just like well, here it yeah. is, and we're celebrating this thing. Did you guys have a big premiere for St. Vincent? I, I we had a premiere in New York. Yeah. I hesitate to use the word big. <laughs> <laughs> it was premiere, New York. Zigfield Theater. Bill showed up. He did nice. show up. Yes, he showed up. You made, I feel like you don't know. It's like, is he going to be here or is he going to turn up at some kid's birthday party? You, you, you know, Sofia Coppola, was, she had prepped all of Lost in Translation, the entire movie in Japan, and hadn't heard from Bill for months. And they waited at the tarmac mm. on the day he said he would be there. Panicking, and he walks off. So, yeah, that's how it works. I feel like if he Jeez. says he's going to do something, if he, he says he's going it. to be there yeah. on a certain, he will be there. You might not hear from him for a month before, yeah. which makes yeah. you want to kill yourself, but he'll be there. Yeah. Oof. 
Did you do? Did you call the number? Is that yeah, the eight hundred number? Yes. I have it. Yeah, he doesn't even answer Dan Aykroyd's phone calls. No, <laughs> that's what I found out. Listen, doesn't answer anyone's phone calls. Yeah, I don't know why. I feel like Aykroyd's probably still like. Bill, there's aliens out there. I just want to tell you about it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why he, he. He. I think he's like. Uh, I, I don't know. Like. 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 Very in the moment. Right. If something like he listens to something and goes, "Oh, I'm gonna call that guy back," and he'll call. Yeah. 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 So if he and has to think about it too long, that day's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Or you know. So I don't know how it works. How many times did you call him? A couple dozen, probably. Really? Wow. Yeah. And you, there was no part of you that was worried that he was going to be like, stop calling me. I didn't even know if it was his line. Yeah. So, so just like what happens, does it just go straight to voicemail or? It's like, you know, back on the East Coast, they used to have this thing called um, Skytel voicemail, mm. like old fucking school voicemail, uh, where it's like you have reached Skytel voicemail to leave a message. You can leave a message. You can send a message. You can delete a message. You can re-record a message. Um, so it's not his voice. So you have no idea. When you're leaving the first message and the ability to go back and delete it and it's edit fantastic. It, like how many times did you? Oh, do the I mean, con- sometimes I would just. That's why I don't know exactly how many messages I left uh-huh. because I don't know if I erased them or sent them. Oh, and I thought, uh, I'm just a bumbling idiot. Yeah, because I keep. I mean, of course, he's kind of a white whale for the podcast. Like, of course, you would want Bill Murray on. Yeah, and I have the number, and I've I've rehearsed in my head, the the like. The, all of the things that I would need to, all the business things I would need to get across to express why I'm calling, what it is, we're not going to murder him, all those things. But still, like, how do you do that in a way that is, char- is charming but not threatening but engage? Like, and, and I haven't arrived at the formula yet, and so I have not. I've had yeah. this number for months, and I, I still haven't done it yet. Uh, do you have any advice? Well, I would say don't, 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 rehearse, don't rehearse it. Okay. Don't plan it. Hey, Bill. Oh, God. Yeah. He'll, he'll feel it. He has oh, no. this bullshit meter that's so finely attuned that yeah. he'll go. I mean, at one point, I, I told him something. I, I, a produ- one of the producers told me, you got to tell Bill that the, the, the tone of this movie lies on the pinhead and that, you know, it's got to find the proper drama and comedy. And it's got to, re- you know. And so during the process of shooting, somewhere week one or week two, I said, Bill, the tone of this movie lies on a pinhead. <laughs> and he looks at me and he goes, where the fuck did you get that one? <laughs> and I had already adopted it completely as my own. <laughs> I mean, it was my own. And forget it. He totally... He, right, like a laser beam. I'm like, okay. I go, well, I got, you know, someone said it. <laughs> it definitely seems like someone that could either be the most amazing hang of all time, but if you caught him on the wrong day... That it would, it feels like it would be like an Arctic chill would move through. He, I, you know, he doesn't have many bad days because he lives in the, yeah. you know, he lives in the yeah. moment, does what he wants to do when he wants to do it. So if he's not engaged, he just leaves. <laughs> so before he makes you miserable or himself miserable, he'll just disengage and be done with it. That's great. Wow. Which is a good way to live. Yeah. Yeah. How long was the shoot? 37 days. Okay. Summer and, and 100 degree weather in Brooklyn. Grief. Oh, God. So when you're leaving, what what are you saying on these messages when you're calling? I got to tell you, I don't even, I don't know exactly what I said. I didn't script anything. So it's not on the Blu-ray? No. <laughs> All right. I just kind of bumbled through. I said, hi, Bill. This is Ted Melfi. You know, I, I, uh, 
I'm a writer. <laughs> I'm trying to get the script to you. It's a little bit about this and that. And I think, you know, I just think you would kill the part. And I just, you, you ramble. And I go, and you say, and basically you have to be present. I say, and I'm rambling and I know you don't, who the fuck am I? But here's my number. That kind of thing. And then one day your phone just rings and it's. Well, what, yeah, one day my phone rang. Literally. I mean, he had read that he had, since he had gotten the script, after he, he called his lawyer and said, to have this guy write me a letter. So I had to write a one-page Dear Bill letter. Mm. Jesus. It can only be one page, and I mailed him a Dear Bill letter, and he calls his lawyer back and says, okay, the letter was swell. Have him mail me the script. Mail him a script. Then my phone rings. Wow. Driving down the road. Ted, it's Bill Murray. I go, no, that's not. He goes, yeah, it's Bill Murray. I go, okay. He goes, who are you? (laughs) (laughs) And that was it. And how at that point, how do you contain a what I'm assuming is a young fanboy who is... Uh, trying not to crash the car because you're shitting your pants and sliding around on the poop in your pants. He, I think he thinks everyone. I think he comes into <laughs> yes, too much detail. Yeah, and pay. it's getting into the uh, threads of the seat. Yeah. And Why smashing. are you slipping around on it though? What? I mean, if he's driving in a straight line, he's not going to be slipping around on the poop. Well, he's slipping, or you know, he'd be slipping. The poop around. is coming out with such a force that oh. it's raising him off the seat. Oh, That's the power of Bill thank Murray. You, yes, thank you. Yes, thank you for that. I wear a Depends, so I was all <laughs> bunched up in the. Um, <laughs> What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you con- how do you how do you contain? Oh, you don't contain yourself. I think he knows that everyone's a mess around him. Okay. Uh, and he he, he do- goes out of his way to make you feel comfortable. Oh, good. Yes. So, I'll give you an example. Naomi watches him have that sex scene mm-hmm. where she's on top of him as a pregnant Russian hooker. She's on top of him, bouncing along, and 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 she's a nervous wreck. She has just met the man. She loves him. She loves his work. I mean, you know, he's, a, he's an icon, right? She's bouncing on top of him. The whole, the, everyone's just watching this. And she's, her ears are red. She's so nervous. And, and I, I say, cut. And he looks up at her and he goes, are you seeing anyone? <laughs> <laughs> and she starts howling with laughter. And that's it. Uh, so he has this way of making everyone, like, feel comfortable and better and that, that he understands that... He makes people poop their pants, and he makes you know he has he he knows. So when I met him, when I first met him at at LAX, <laughs> he uh, he said he, you know he said let's go get a hamburger, and so we got In and Out burgers, and and that, you know he started, did you have to pick him up at the airport? Was that part of the? Well, he yeah. Eventually, he read the script and he told me let's let's get together and meet. And I said, oh, okay. And then, and then I, he said, well, actually, I was, that, that day when he called me, I'm driving down the road, and he said, um, hey, uh, I'm in L.A. I didn't know where he was. He, and I was shooting a commercial the next day. It was a Wednesday. He goes, hey, can you get together tomorrow and have a coffee? I said, I'd, I'd love to. I, I'm working tomorrow. I go, could, could, like tomorrow night. He goes, okay, in New York. And I go, I, I can't get to New York tomorrow night. I have to leave. Like, you know, I, I can't. He said, oh, okay. Uh, he goes, how about Friday? And I go, Friday, I could get there. Friday. He goes, no, 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 in Cannes. <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said, no, I can't get to Cannes Friday. I have to leave like now. I mean, he's like, he's like oh, okay, that's unfortunate. Uh, it's going to be a good time. I said, yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> sure it is. And he goes, okay, I'll call you in a couple of weeks. And he, and he click. And I'm like, I just ruined my life. What happened? You're not, you lost him. You didn't, he's, he's not going to, yeah. Yeah, I, I thought, you know, I, yeah. And, he said, but he said he called me in a couple weeks. Three weeks later, I'm lying in bed Memorial Day weekend, Memorial Day Sunday, and I get a text. Ted, it's Bill. 
can you meet me at LAX in one hour? <laughs> and I text back and I say yes. And he goes, back, United Baggage Claim, flight, blah, 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 out of Montecito. So I drive that to fucking LAX at, at 9 a.m. in the morning. And uh, there he comes walking down the causeway with, with his golf bag and goes, Ted, it's Bill. I go, yeah, I know. He goes, let's go for a drive. Uh, and we stopped and got four In-N-Out uh, grilled cheeses. Nice. And we drove from LAX with his, with his town car and, and his driver three hours to the Pachanga Indian Reservation Casino. Yeah. Yeah. Great casino. Yeah. And I had no idea where I was. And basically Mexico, almost Mexico left. Really. <laughs> and we drive to this house in the middle of nowhere, the back nine on, on, the, on this golf course. And um, he has an orange grove and an avocado grove. And he goes, this is where I go to disappear. And I go, well, there's no one here. So <laughs> and that's when he said yes in that car drive. So everything he does is, is like that. Like wow. It has to fit, has to fit in, and he has said this in interviews. Everything has to fit into his life, mm-hmm. whatever to, it is. You have to get yourself back from Pachanga at some point. <laughs> then he gave the driver some money to take him back. Oh, that's nice. So the driver took me. So I was in the car seven hours, and, and then I guess if you wanted to at least retain some type of comfort or <clears throat> sanity or control over a business that is largely uncontrollable, usually, I guess adopting this idea that. It just has to fit around the way I want to live my life that I don't want to have to conform, you know, to everyone else's because that's that's not fun. All the time. It, it, it's, it's not fun. You know, it, it's to us that are live in a different mindset or live in a different world, let's say. Right. We, we look at it and go, it's frustrating. You want to talk to somebody or you want to make something happen. It's frustrating. when You can't fucking reach them. And you're frustrating when you it's frustrating. But for him. And I've looked at it now in my life, you know, like my phone rings all the time. And I, I don't want to talk to any of these people. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk to 25 agents who are pitching. I don't want, I don't want, I mean, no offense to them, but I don't want to, right? I don't know them. I, they, they're just asking me for something. Right. And I'm not even in a position where I can do it. It's like, it's, it's like, so you can imagine how many people called, called Bill Murray for him to call for this to be yeah. his way of life. Yeah. For him to say, I'm not living in LA. I'm living in South Carolina. I'm raising my six children. He has six kids. Um, and I don't want to live that way. And I, I, I respect and honor it because I want to live that way. I just can't. Right. I can't right now. Maybe yeah. one day I will be able to live that way. But it's admirable. Have you talked to him since? You I get... talked to him. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I te- we texted just the other day. So <laughs> he's a texter. Okay. Because he's got kids, you know. And he said he, he doesn't even like to talk on the phone. But he said the only way he could talk to his kids was texting because that's all they do. So he got a phone to text. <laughs> oh, wow. <Yeah. laughs> How do you, uh, I mean, is it, hard, is it intimidating at all to get on a set with a collection of really fantastic actors? And because obviously they're looking to you to guide them. So how do you how do you do that to be respectful to them and their positions, but still maintain a firm sense of control? Or do you not worry about that? How does that, how is that possible? Uh, you know, at one point I was sitting there and I had, I was in a scene with Bill Murray, Melissa McCarthy, Naomi Watts, and Chris O'Dell. I mean, everyone. And you look at this and go, I have no idea what I can even say to anyone. You know, so, so the best thing to do is to not pretend mm-hmm. you have something to say. Right? Yeah. I mean, the, the worst thing is to come up there and go, okay, listen to this. Here's what the scene's about. The tone re- rests <laughs> yeah, on a yeah. pinhead. And, and Bill, <laughs> Bill would look at you if you said that and said, I read the scene. 
I know what the fucking scene's about. Mm-hmm. So if you're not having something to be helpful with, what's the point? You have the best, some of the best actors in the world. Shut up. Yeah. Just get out of the way. Yeah. I focused on the kid. Yeah, I spent we all my time. He was phenomenal. Was so, so good. I spent all my time. I'm not going to lie to you. I spent all my time in the kid. I put every ounce of energy I had into the kid because I said I don't got to worry about Bill. I don't got to worry about Melissa or Naomi. But I got. I got the kid's got to be right because if the kid isn't every line right, the movie's dead. And so I spent every ounce of my time with the kid. Which, you know, he rode such an amazing line because. It, particularly a role like that can spill into oh it's so precious yeah, yeah. or but, irritating like kid actors can sometimes be irritating could, yeah. he was so great he was great he was he was uh that's the one thing i know is because uh, the, the amount of work we did together and the kid is just a normal everyday human being and will stay that way god willing and he's just born an actor i think you're born an actor i don't think i think you can Study and get some skills and get a little better, but I think you're actually. But cool. he was articulate without sounding like precocious, you know. Like he yeah. was, he was, he was like, "Oh, this is clearly a smart kid," but not yeah. like I get it. No, yeah, yeah, he's exactly. a little adult, and he's it didn't feel that way. No, because we kept it. We kept him as a kid. Because you know, the minute you start adding, you know, a lot of writers like you look at Juno, which I like Juno a lot, but she sounds so smart and so ahead of her time that you sometimes go, "I don't know if I buy it all the time," uh, and still the movie worked. Uh, but you can't do that with an 11 year old you know then you become then you're just trying yeah. you know you're making the kid uh, and the movie wasn't the movie was about their journey together not this einstein kid that you know was smarter than all the adults he already was the straight guy in the movie he already is playing the straight the guy who knows everything he does he's the only kid the only per- character in that in that movie that doesn't uh become a saint yeah. Everyone else becomes a saint for other people. He is the saint. He just threw lines right through everyone. Everyone surfaces around him. There was a. I don't know why I had this weird fear, but when when Bill's character tells the kid to get down and go like palm the nose, yeah, that's how Bruce Willis kills a bodyguard in the Last Boy Scout. Right. <laughs> he like he fires it like right into his brain, and there was a brief minute of like, is this movie about to turn really dark where this kid's gonna murder someone <laughs> by mistake because Bill Murray gave him like weird advice? Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, the no, no spoiler alert: no children are murdered. No with, children are murdered uh, with with palm strikes. No, <laughs> in, the, in the movie. And Melissa McCarthy is fucking incredible. Yeah, isn't she in the in the movie? She really is good. absolutely astonishing. I, I hope she gets more. Um, yeah, I thought she did such a good job of remaining to be like it's like because like her character is like a f- she's a f- she's funny, but, but like she was able to like be a funny person that was like had uh, like a real kind of so real. Role. Yeah, and and I think I think part of the challenge for you know like when someone explodes onto the scene as a comic superstar, which which she did. Yeah. Um, it's probably like okay, well, you know, you'll be the lead role in this movie, and you know, it's like as opposed to being the second or third when you can be a little more of, of a madcap character. And it's like yeah. now they make that the main character. It can be tough sometimes, mm-hmm. but then and so you go, well, I don't know, is that you know, can they do other things or can they? But then seeing her in this, like she is a she will get nominated for something down the yes at some point, yes. yeah, for sure. Um, I told her only one thing. I said to her. I, I can tell her only one thing throughout the shoot. <laughs> I'm going to say one role. thing and only never talk to, her, to me again. I only talked to her once by, by text. No. <laughs> Melissa, what do you think of Ted Melvin? Oh, he said one thing to <laughs> me the entire thing. shoot. Yeah. yeah. But I said one main thing before we started. I said, I said uh, the point of you doing this 
I, and what you have told me is you want to show a different side of you. So already people are saying they know who you are. I know what I'm going to get when I watch a Melissa McCarthy movie, right? We all mm-hmm. said that. The moment we saw Bridesmaids, we, and then, and then um, what was the next Tammy, one? And Tammy. And then Identity Theft. Now we know. Okay, we're going to get a Melissa McCarthy movie. We're gonna I said the only way for you to not to disappear is for you to say the lines exactly as written. Oh, and don't be the one that's like, the, don't be that's the improviser. Don't look it. for jokes. I go, just say the written word. Not an, don't add a word to it. And she goes, I got it. I understand. Because the truth is, she was able to disappear because she, she's not relying on herself. She's only relying on someone else's writing of someone else's character. So she can only be Maggie. Did you find that she had, did she like slip into that easily? I mean, years and years simply, of improv simply, training. Instantly. Oh, she immediately Instantly. Just, First nice. scene, instant. Did it yeah. almost seem to relax her that she didn't have? That didn't like, have to do anything. Oh, that's so She was so like cool. at peace and she had just come from shooting Tammy. Oh fuck! So no, she was uh, she was in, in her insane comedy mode. So it clicked over like that, and she just said the lines, even in her long monologue. In that, that's exactly as written. Um, most of her words are exactly as written. There's like almost no improv in the entire movie. That's great. How much? I mean, it sort of seems like to, uh, directing is not anything that I have any desire to ever do. It seems like your main job, though. Besides steering the film and sort of being the captain, is is, uh, is being a communicator. That's the whole the whole job is is, is communicating the, you know people you know when you're shooting a movie most of the time the actors just forget where they are, you know like you know you're doing everything out of order, the whole the whole shoot's disjointed, and at times Bill would just start acting this way and I'd come to him, Bill was doing the scene when he. Um, when he sells the prescription drugs, yeah. right? He's doing that scene, and he, he, he rehearsed it, and he's doing this really comedic, kind of crazy thing with it. And I come up to him, and I go, he goes, what'd you think? I go, well, uh, you just found out your wife is losing her place, and you have not a dollar to your name, and you just robbed this from her store. It's the lowest point in your life. And he went, Oh right, <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so that's all it is. If that's directing, that's what I did. To reminding them where they were, where they are, where they had just come from, because the director's job is, is the whole picture, right? And not an actor given one scene taken out of context will always go for the gold. And why the hell mm. wouldn't they? Yeah, they don't. You know, even if they know where they were or where they're going, right? Uh, they should never really know where they're going. So you always have to cut that off. Mm-hmm. Right, because if you anticipate where you're going, you're now foreshad- you fucked up the whole movie. So they really do have to. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's it sounds like dog sledding in a weird sort of way, <laughs> yeah. where they're constantly looking back to be like, are we going in the right direction? Are we uh, going yeah. in the right direction? Yeah, because the the forward doesn't exist, right? So literally, all the actor can know. That's that's why acting, I think, is incredibly hard because all all that exact actly, exactly exists is the present instant moment and what it, what had happened your rest of your life before that. The trouble is the actor knows the whole script, right? And yeah. so they start to manipulate or pepper the yeah. performance towards the art. That's not their job, right? That's a director's job to, to say, no, we're not peppering. Hmm. We're in, you're here. You're down your luck. You have no fucking money. You need 100 bucks for this prescription of drugs. Case closed. End of story. That's a scene. And, and so that's what Bill needed here and there. When, when you... Like, did you feel the need to, like, rewrite, as, since you wrote, like, did you feel the need to rewrite as you were going along directing it? Or did you, like, try to just have it be what it was after you were done? Uh, 
Well, you know, you work on it so long that by the time you get there, if it's not good, it's not going to get good. I mean, let's be honest. You know, how many movies do we see a year that are just not just, right. just not good? Yeah. And you think to yourself, um, how is that possible? It's, I think this all the time. I watch a movie and go, how is that possible? There's so many competent people. You know, you've had a year. How do you, how do you, it's hard. It's hard. And you, and at some point you have to say, you have to stick to your guns and say, this is what it is. I don't, I don't know if it's going to work. Yeah. I don't know if it's right. But to keep second guessing and changing things all around the way, I don't think it works. Yeah. And how much when you're actually shooting the scene do you feel like it's like it might not be working now, but maybe I can figure this out in post? I did never, you, you ever, I, I never thought of that. Yeah, okay. Because I don't, I, I don't think a post. Because I don't think, if, I think you can't. If you, if you haven't fixed it while you're shooting it, you're not going to fix it later. Yeah. Well, especially a movie like this where it's not like, well, we'll just throw a special effect in yeah, there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there, there was a funny line that uh, someone said uh, about Whitney Cummings saying like someone's like there was some joke or some sketch that wasn't working, and the some guys like we'll fix it in post. And he's just like, why don't we fix it in pre? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to work it out. Bill, Bill, you know, Bill gave me a few notes on the script, not very many, very, very, very. Very, very little. I fixed all those things right away. I gave him the script. He goes, you got it done. And, and he, he got the set and just said the words. And, he, and when someone else would try to improv, he would say, let me tell you something. If you don't have something better to say than what's written, don't say it. Oh, and shit. So, so no one improved. Because <laughs> no, well, then he, he, he put the fear of God up, in them, yeah. right? And then, you know, we did improv a little bit, you know, little things here and there. But, but it wasn't this free-for-all. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of comedy yeah. movies are, because it's not a comedy. To me, I never looked at it and said, this is a comedy. I said, this is a dramatic story about, there yeah. happen to be some funny characters in it, and some funny people, but it's not really it. I want to ask you about that, because the, the campaign, like the advertising for it, kind of led me to believe it <laughs> the was... The poster? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's like, you know, that's affected a lot of stuff. Like, it's always so weird when you go, I don't think I'm going to like that movie because of what you saw in the, in the say, the poster or the, the trailer. And then you end up seeing it and you're like, oh, someone fucked it up. Someone else fucked it up. It's like, you know, someone made a great movie and then like it was all these other things almost kind of out of your control. Our, our marketing department was like, well, we need this to appeal to blah, blah, blah. So we need I don't, a- you know, look, I hated the poster. I, I, I fought with them about the poster for months. What yeah, did you want the poster to be? You do I'd love to yeah. see it because I was just uh, even like I was like going around on uh, Netflix the other night and I saw uh, like the, there's a new design for um, a, a movie by Jeffrey Brown. As like, oh, isn't Lizzie it crazy Kaplan. how they do that on Netflix? Sometimes they'll just not put the it's movie like poster alter- on there. It's, it's an like... alternate poster yeah. um, it, it for the movie Save the Date, and it's just like I was like, oh, this doesn't look like a movie I would watch. I'm lucky. I'm I'm glad I saw it. Before I saw this like, poster. I feel like they did that with like Jaws, and I was like, you can't change the Jaws poster. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just two buddies hanging out. Yeah, yeah. The it just looks like a rock. Robert Shaw coming to the beach. Oh. See, that's, why, that's great. That's the movie. Oh, that's a great poster. I mean, that's fantastic. And is, this is. Did you put that anywhere? It's on the internet. I, I, I made this poster. I made all these posters. I made. If you. I said, just do uh, fucking great. characters. Character posters. Yeah. yeah. Just do characters. Would, would, would you let us post any of those with the podcast? Yes. Okay. That. Just, just character pictures. No. Yes. <laughs> and do a play on Halos. That's yeah. great. I, I, you know, and what they come up with, you just, you, you go, I, I, I know you want to sell tickets in, in, in Des Moines. I, I get it, but... Not every movie is the 40-year-old No, version. it's like... <laughs> yeah, it was just like all that... Like, I mean, that became so big. Just the blank background with the floating head. Like, it's, it's just... It's like it was like... A, I thought I was watching a, like an 80s sitcom. Yeah. You know, like a poster for... You know, I don't Too know, many what was that with, with Blair. 
What Facts of Life? Yeah, like no. it, I felt I was like. I hated it. And, and the, or the trailer. Exorcist? Was, yeah. I thought the trailer was. The trailer was okay. Yeah. Thanks. The trailer was okay. Um, but, uh, you know, you can't. There's battles you can't win. Well, so, it's, you know. I, think it's, I think it's difficult to. I think it can be very difficult for, for a department that's a very uh, sort of black and white things are this or they are this. And so you have this movie that it's not, a, it's not, enti- it's not really a comedy, but like you said, there are funny moments. But. But they're, you know, the two two of the lead actors are two of the biggest comedy it's stars. It's disturbing how much that happens, though, with movies. Like, last oh. year with the fucking Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Live, mm. Die, Repeat, whatever they're calling it now. They fucked that marketing up so bad. They the Tom just, Cruise movie? Yeah, the Tom Cruise yeah. movie. They should have been like, hey, this is a fucking video game in real life. This is like a real life video game. They should have marketed it like that. They didn't market it to gamers at all. Do you know what I mean? And it just like the movie didn't do well, but it's a fucking great. It was movie. a great movie. I don't, you know, I, 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 to their credit, it made a lot of money for them. Yeah. So I don't know the but answer. I guess that's. I mean, you know, the more films, we, can you get to a point where you go, I have complete control over all this, and you can't say anything. I hope to, and I hope not to. Because <laughs> then I'm the smartest yeah. guy in the room, and then we're fucked, yeah. right? <laughs> well, so you know, they there's smart people. Much smarter than me. So, but you want to be able to work on it together. How do you know when you're making the right decision? I guess you never really know you're making the right decision. You just have a gut. I, I felt that poster was the movie. I felt the thing I had done, that's the movie. So is that the best way to sell the movie? That's what I don't have the answer to. Right. And that's what they have the answer mm-hmm. to. Or, or the perceived answer to. So you have to like balance it. Um, the fact that the rest of the cast hated the poster too <laughs> should say something. Yeah. yeah, right. Melissa didn't want to sign that. Didn't want to sign off on that poster at all. You know, so there's a there's a feeling everyone gets, and you you know you either collectively listen to that feeling or you boil you know you bowl everyone over and you do your own thing. Yeah. I don't, I don't know the answer. I hope I get to that place, but then you get to a place like I'm I'm good friends with uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, who is at that place. Yeah. Um, and and it's a dangerous place you think about it because now every decision is yours and it shouldn't be mm-hmm. it shouldn't yeah. be because now it's first of all it's too much pressure second of all it's not your specialty it's not your area of expertise all the time and without other people you, you might as well just quit i mean filmmaking every business or filmmaking in particular is the most collaborative art form there is Mm-hmm. So if you lose the collaboration, forget about it. You're making movies that no one cares about, that no one wants to see. You're marketing it in a way that no one cares about. I don't know. Though his trailers that he makes for himself are pretty great. His trailers are fantastic. Paul's yeah. fantastic. Um, but, you know, I don't know the marketing behind Inherent Vice, but no one went and saw Inherent Vice. Why not? I don't know. No. Mm-hmm. I don't know, right? I mean, but, you know, at some point you want a, a machine that knows what they're doing. I guess, I guess it is. I guess what it is is trying to find the right team that, knows, that you trust that knows what they're doing. Yeah. Or at least a team, or at least a team that's willing to collaborate. You know, here's my vision. Here's your salesy vision. Is there any way we can create a, a, an overlapping layer that where every everyone? I wonder how Tarantino does it. He seems to be able to do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah, but he's gotten to a place where his movies are so. F- so fucking good that yeah. I, and yeah. you're gonna go. Yeah. I mean, you just, just put his go. name on a poster. You're yeah. just gonna go. Yeah. Um, the rest of us, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I, I don't know. I but St. Vincent worked by word. I mean, that was a comp- like a total word of mouth. Like so many different people were like, "This movie's fantastic. You have to see this movie." Like not even a. It's good. Like it was like you have to see this movie. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. We had no money for they had we had no money for marketing. 
really. You know, I mean, I, I think I think the, I, they spent. I would guess they spent about eight million dollars on marketing. Oh wow! Just to give you an example, very small amount of money. Yeah, the Lazarus Effect, right? Just spent twenty seven million dollars. Holy shit! Right, so we spent eight. And so people are people are making movie. You know, it's more important to spend money in getting people to see the movie mm-hmm. than really it is to make the movie. So if we made our movie for fifteen and they only put eight into people seeing it, the fact that we we're close to fifty million dollars is, is a testament to just people talking about it. Because yeah. Because if they had spent, or if they, and it's not that they didn't want to spend it. The Weinstein Company is fantastic. They just didn't, didn't have the money. I mean, they're not that. They're not New Line. They're not Warner Brothers. Mm. They just don't have that money, so they can't do it. They rely on this kind of platform, slow rollout kind of thing. Um, but who, who's to say if they put twenty million dollars in, the movie wouldn't have made one hundred and fifty? It might have, right? Because everyone would have known about it. Yeah. And I'm seeing that now with the DVD release, the the, the tweets and everything. It's it's. it's Fifty-fold what it was during yeah. the re- during the Jeez. release of the movie because now it's like it's now taking on its own life. I, you know, I don't, I don't, I, don't, I won't get paid anymore. But, but that, that, that's what we've it all is. cried to it on airplanes. I mean, at this point, yeah, yeah. it's out. <laughs> I know, that's, that's a movie, the recent movie that I cried while not seeing on an airplane. Oh, you cried at home? Oh, that's like a good actual no in a theater by myself. No. <laughs> yeah, it's just the oh my god that. Just that one moment where he kisses his wife's hand and she pulls it away, and it's just oh, like, yeah. oh, God damn it, fucking shit. Yeah, that is that is one of those where you just feel your face start to tingle. And you're like, oh, yeah, okay, that's yeah. movie. It's fake. My yeah, mom yeah. has Alzheimer's, so it's, oh, it's based on. It's a little bit based on. She's her, based. Yeah. Sandy was based on your mom. A little bit. No, yeah, yeah, just not based on my mom, but I used my mom yeah. as like a, yeah. a, a thought behind it. Uh, and it's funny. Bill, Bill, Bill gets to set. Bill's like one of the funniest humans, as we all know. But he gets to set, and he, he first meets her, the, the woman playing his, his uh, wife, and he goes, I didn't know I was going to be married to my aunt. <laughs> and I said, Bill, she's the exact same age as you. He's like, well, please. Like, oh, Jesus. You know, uh, yeah. So he goes, well, at least dollar up a little. I said, all right. Jesus. I, go, I go, but she's dying. He goes, well, she can die pretty. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, Jesus. so uh, he just makes every he makes everything so much fun, right? He just makes everything fun. <laughs> That's what you can't find you, your job directing Bill is basically finding him every day. Uh, basically, where is he? Uh, I'm gonna tag him like a dolphin. You, well, we hired a person to to follow him. He could fucking ditch here in like six seconds. I mean, her whole job was to follow Bill Murray everywhere he went. I said, you follow him. The moment he comes out of his trailer, everywhere he goes, you follow him. That's your job. Every day. I, I, don't, I don't know where he is. And you're like, Why are we paying you? Secret trap door in the what trailer. What if he has like an arsenal out? of like Batman's like utility belt just dropping smoke pellets? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just, you know, he sees, he sees something, he goes and yeah. has fun with it. He sees yeah. a sandwich shop, he goes to a sandwich shop. He sees how, he uh, how long has your mom had Alzheimer's? Uh, she got diagnosed with it three years ago. How old is she? Seventy-four. Oh wow, she's young. And did uh, how advanced? I mean, if you want to talk about this, you don't have to, of course. But how how advanced is it? It's um, uh, she can't live by herself. Yeah. So uh, we had to play, put her in a in a retirement community. Uh, I don't know. You know, I don't know. It seems like it's you know they got some. Better medications now, and it seems like it's kind of leveled out. Like she's not doesn't seem to be losing anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, knows me, knows our family, knows everything, you know. But 
if you met her, you might not think a thing. Yeah. But if she, you know, if she sat here for five minutes and said, uh, and drank a water, and you said, you just, did you want, do you want some more? And she goes, oh yeah, I'm so thirsty, I didn't have one. She keep drinking the water, keep drinking the water. Oh, keep okay. Drinking. This is like, oh, it's like yeah. Nah. Um, which isn't good when you give her alcohol. <laughs> right. <laughs> As I found out at Thanksgiving. <laughs> mom, mom, have you had that one? No, I haven't had any wine. <laughs> mom, did you drink? No, I haven't. Uh, sounds like maybe she knew there. Wasted. I think yeah. maybe she knew. <laughs> that was probably yeah, I found out the hard way with liquor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it makes for a fun Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah. So, a uh, very funny comedian, Sean Patton, has a, like, he has this bit about like, his like, grandmother having Alzheimer's, and he just talks about how it's like, uh, like, He's like, hey, you know, I'm not going to talk about that. And then he starts trying to do another joke, and he keeps on messing it up and keep on repeating it and repeating it. And he's like, and he does it for a real long time. He's like, you know how irritated you are right now? That's what it's like living with someone Alzheimer's. Oh they can't finish a fucking joke. <laughs> yeah. Because he says that's what would happen. Like his grandma would be like, did I tell you the one about yeah. it? Like he's just like, no, please don't start this. Yeah, my grandmother, my grandmother has it, but she's 93. Oh. And her, my grandfather, same on her husband who's no longer alive had it in he was in his 80s when he died but she's sort of at the point where she she's 93 yeah yeah i mean at that point no offense but no yeah no of course yeah what the fuck do you need to remember at 93 i thought it'd been funny if you'd be like at that point fuck her am i right excitement. but 93 she had her time she's done good yeah that's a great life she did pretty well yeah she did pretty well but you know she she is prone to taking off her all of her clothes, and she doesn't. She thinks my grandfather is just somewhere, and he's not picking her up. In a way, yeah. isn't that better? Um, yeah. Just to like think that your dead husband, who you love for so long, is just out. No, but I think she thinks that he won't come see her. Oh, well then that's not so better. it's me. It's that's bad. Mean. So it's not. So it's not. So it's just sort of this weird. Like, do you keep do you keep explaining to her? Yeah. To have to relive it over and over again, or do you just go, yeah. well, he'll be, you know, maybe he'll be around. Uh, you know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I've seen my mom naked a lot lately. It's not healthy. You don't want to? No. Not, not she's not. She just literally, the bathroom, leaves the door open, sleep, and you're like, mom. You know, it's like it's constant. <laughs> Yeah, like that. That they, I don't know what the nudity thing is, but it's it's a it's a it's, it's a, probably a part in a part of a brain. That, it's a through that, line. That, they just yeah. strip off their clothes. That yeah. inhibition is like just. Gone. My mom's in her sixties, so it's still fun to see her naked. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, that's okay. okay. Good. I just no, want to make sure we're still, all the same. She does Pilates. <laughs> <laughs> so it's fine. My my mom does not do Pilates. Does not, and therefore it's not as fun. <laughs> Guys, neither should be fun. Wait a minute. Neither should be fun. Well, come on, Jonah. I mean, you know, you know, the human great... body is a real beautiful I mean, it's thing. Nature, man. It's nature, man. Free your mind, brother. <laughs> come on, man. Did. Are you already working on something else now? I got a few things. I'm trying to cast uh, a, a movie called The Tender Bar, mm-hmm. which is essentially it's a, it's a New York Times memoir from J.R. Moringer. He wrote he he wrote the uh, Andre Agassi okay. bio, mm-hmm. brilliant writer. He wrote this book called The Tender Bar about growing up on Long Island when he was a kid, and he just basically grew up white trash in, in a small Long Island town. And his mom worked three jobs and had cancer, and no dad in the picture, and he was raised by drunks in a bar. So he's raised by drunks, literally. And he goes on to uh, the, these guys put all they can into this guy because they're not, they were smart. And the kid goes on to get into Yale and becomes a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist for the New York Times and an alcoholic, mm-hmm. obviously. Well, not obviously, but, you know, victim of his circumstance, of his environment. And then he goes back into the small town and just 
starts wasting his life away, drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking, and the, and the drunks in this bar, one of which is his uncle, they kick him out. And it's, they call a last call on him for life. And the kid never drinks again. And that's the story. Fuck. Holy it's kind shit. Of beautiful. That's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, Goodwill Hunting esque. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's about teenage alcoholism. Wow. Oh, wow. Which you don't ever think about because we were all alcoholics when we were teenagers. Well, because you, you think, like, oh, party, fun. Yeah, yeah but you, fun. You, you, you just fucking drink, 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 drink. You don't think about it. Yeah. But some people become, you know, that's when they become an alcoholic, really. That's wow. when it starts. I am thoroughly impressed by people who at 19 or 20 or 21 go, yeah, I shouldn't drink anymore. Yeah. And they, you know, because it took, I had to live through my 20s and get into my 30s to make that realization. But when you're, when you're 20 and you still feel indestructible and you're like, no, like the, the fact that someone could arrive at that decision at such a young age is, is impressive. He arrived at it right in his mid, early 20s. Wow. Early 20s. Has not drank a drop and didn't go to AA. And what, how old is he now? He's got to be 50 by now. Mm-hmm. I'm just guessing. 50. That, sounds great. that sounds like a really rad movie. It's a great... It's a yeah. great it's so a, you're casting that. I'm casting it now. Um, and then I'm trying... And I have a television series on Amazon. Called, oh, great. Called The Mancini's that I'm, I'm running a pilot for. How's nice. it been working with, with Amazon? I love Amazon. Joe Lewis? Yeah, Joe yeah, Lewis yeah. and Jill Arthur. They're fantastic over there. They're actually the first people that told me... I had this, you know, this, 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 here's a story and here's a pitch. They said, slow it down. I've never heard that in my life in this town. Take your time. Take your time with the characters yeah. and just slow the, whole pro- slow the whole series down. And that's, so, that's the beautiful thing about, these, about Amazon and Netflix. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's because they don't have to conform exactly. to traditional directives. And so in, it, this, in order to compete and make their platforms viable, they actually have to make artistic choices. They have to go, well, if people... It's difficult to get people to find stuff on what's essentially like a crowdsourced platform, which is mostly word of mouth and sort of whatever whatever their algorithm can plunk it on your homepage, fine. But ultimately, their goal, as smartly, is, well, we have to make the absolute best stuff possible so that people will come. It's the same, yeah, it's the same also, thing that cable faced versus network television. Mm, but know, in a different way, they, have, they have a luxury at Amazon and, and Netflix of being able to do an arc slower because they can they anticipate a binge watch mm-hmm. they anticipate someone might blow through three episodes at once so what you when you watch those shows you see the story arc that normally would be crammed into an episode take place over three episodes so i find that to be the most interesting thing about watching those netflix shows it's, it's almost like one long like, movie yeah absolutely you, you write a 300 page movie and then you just let the movie play slow out yeah. well the dynamic of a television show it, at least for like a network television show, is that they have to make it in such a way that they don't want people to turn it off. <clears throat> so they got to keep it moving and they yeah. got to keep It's like, yeah. and it's a slight fundamental difference then. And they're also beholden to get this A story completed by the end of the hour. It hasn't worked. Yeah. Well, it used to work, right. but it's not working right. anymore. Right. Well, it used to work because people just didn't have a choice. Well, now but it works now with it, procedures. Now it doesn't work at all. So I don't know why when they're going to change, but it really yeah. doesn't work at all. Yeah. yeah, like I don't think a show like Roseanne could would exist now because it was, if you watch old episodes of Roseanne, they really 
they did those like long story arcs that would happen throughout seasons or they would have those things where it's like, Hey, my grandmother's vision in a few weeks. And then three episodes later, the grandmother shows up. It's uh, you know, I th- there was people were more involved or in that thing where Tom Arnold fucked the assistant and then Roseanne pulled his hair plugs out of his head. <laughs> That's true. There's that yeah. one. Yeah. Oh, that, that actually happened. happened. Do you remember there was that one time like Dan like punches a hole in the wall and then like in the next episode, like he's like drywalling, he's backing yeah. it back up. It's just yeah. like, they really had like a long game idea. With that show, they had so much more. It's, what's funny is they had so much more edge. Yeah. Then. Yep. Yeah. And the edge has been removed of network television. Yes. And mm-hmm. like Sanford and Son, you watch Sanford and Son, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, the edge is gone. Yeah. Even All in the like, family yeah. is like, you couldn't put that on the air now. Well, yeah. because um, you know, there's there's been sort of a <laughs> part. I think part of why content's been diluted is. A, now they actually, before they just automatically appealed to everyone because there were only a couple of places Mm. where you could see anything. Now they have to make the conscious decision to try to appeal to everyone, which means never offending anyone. And now the addition, and now with having social media as well, and it's, it's, I mean, almost daily, you know, you can see fans took to Twitter because they were outraged by a thing. Yes. By something that people were so outraged by that they had to, and so. You know, now the networks who are beholden to the advertisers are too afraid to do anything that's ever going to piss anyone off. And so, you know. So television sucks. So television (laughs) kind of sucks. Yeah. Whereas, you know, something on uh, Netflix or Amazon or, or at least on pay TV for HBO, it's like. If you're offended by this, don't fucking watch it. Yeah. yeah. You know, like you don't what if, what if your your outrage was expressed by you not watching yeah. it? Yeah. That also, is your you decision. Can, you can also out of your anger, you can cancel your subscription to HBO. You can't yes. cancel NBC. You can't, yes. Yeah, yeah. But you still don't have to watch it. No, I know, I know, but Well, like, nobody is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bang. Bam. That was softball though. No, it was good though. No, it was good though. It was necessary. <laughs> it, was a, it was a watermelon. Bang. Yeah. So what do you like? Ultimately, what do you want? Like, what's your like? What? When? At what point will you go? This is the thing I set out to achieve in my life. Yeah, uh, I don't have a big want other than I want to tell stories. So I don't. If I ever complete that arc, I, I I hope I never complete that arc. Yeah, I hope my arc never ends. I just want to tell stories. Story, but mostly I want to tell stories about people. I'm not about humanity. I'm not yeah. interested in in the. I'm not interested in superheroes. I'm, I'm just not interested in it. It doesn't doesn't strike anything for me. I just want to tell stories about people that you and I know. That's all. And and we used to do that all the time. Uh, and I, I hope they start doing it again. I think I think the Academy Awards this year, as much as whatever we think about it, there was some stuff in there telling. You know, Boyhood. I don't love the movie Boyhood. I love what they were doing. It's just yeah. a story about people. You know, and, and I hope that's that's what I can do for you know as long as they let me do it, or as long as I, I want to do it. If someone came to you and said, "Hey, uh, would you want to remake The Breakfast Club? Would could you redo? Could you reboot a movie that you loved when you were young?" Because I feel like there's the struggle between I don't want to soil the thing potentially. But also, I love it so much that maybe I could take a swing at this yeah. thing. That's maybe it's I'm, up to me to save it from itself. Oh, yeah, yeah. It depends on what it is. I mean, I wouldn't touch the Breakfast Club with a ten foot pole, but I, I, uh, like the movie. I rewrote. I, I wrote the movie Going in Style. Mm-hmm. If you remember, that was in nineteen seventy nine. George Burns. George Burns, and New Line's remaking it. And I said, oh, I'll do that. Art Carney too, right? Art Carney, Lee Strasberg, and I said, I'll do that because no one has a reference for the old one, or like a deep reference for the yeah. old one. It was just a good movie. So I said that that that's a great. 
that's a great thing for t- today's time about three octogenarians that, are, that can't get a fucking break. I mean, that rings true every moment today, right? Yeah. And so I said, that I can, that I... I you know, I still, I, I honestly wish that some crazy studio head would go, let's go back and remake the movies that weren't good. Let's yeah. take That's this what swing. they should do. They, it's like, you know, like there, there's some, you know, crawl. I don't know, something that <laughs> was just like, let's take a swing at something that was almost amazing, yeah. but just didn't have the right whatever, and we'll try to make it good. I think that's a better idea, right? Because it had gone through a process. Everyone really liked the script. The movie just didn't yeah. work out for some reason. That's a better idea. Can Shopping you mall. can you think of a <laughs> can you think of a movie that that you would that you oh, think? Oh God! Like, I'm trying the to think. The trouble of, is you forget all. Of you forget the all of them. The Salieri's. Yeah. <laughs> the other ones. God, what is what? Because it's like you'll find anyone. Beat like Street. <laughs> you can't oh, make uh, Beat Street. Well, what was the shit? What was the movie with all the like Michael Keaton and Christopher Lloyd? Johnny, oh, uh, the dream team. The dream team. Yeah. Yeah. Were there all mental? Were there escape mental patients? Yeah, I remember oh, like yeah. thinking that movie was going to be the best movie. Oh, and yeah. even though I just caught it on TV, and I was just like, because eh. oh. it's sort of a, it's almost like a, you almost think it's like oh, it's like a cuckoo's nest caper movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sliver. Uh, Sliver. I liked, oh wait, Sliver. Sliver, Sliver. is uh, Sharon Stone That's and William right. Baldwin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, Came out right after Sex Lies the, and Videotape. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was all about the surveillance. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, that would be a fun yeah. one. That would yeah. be fun. Be fun to remake. Time Stuff Cop. Like... Yeah. Time Cop. You can do Time Cop, yeah. sure. You can't do Time Cop anymore because Ron Silver's dead and you can't, you know. Hot Tub Time Machine. Top of the Time Machine. <laughs> it's Wait time a minute. For a remake. You are Wait in luck. Wait a minute. Three is coming out. We got to reboot us, guys. Yeah. <laughs> These guys are old. <laughs> Re- I thought you said rebootist. We got to reboot us. Reboot us. We got to bring a lot more Zen ideas into. Uh, we're going to take old movies and then make them yeah. about meditation. Which why not? Is something that's that a Harold Ramis thing. A lot done. of his movies have uh, Buddhist. They're making uh, Ghostbusters. They are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but a different Ghostbusters. But I talked to Paul Feig was on Talking Dead last night, and I talked to Paul for about thirty minutes about it, and I am confident that he's going to do something good with it. I'm sure. I don't disagree. Good talent. I don't disagree. Yeah. Good talent. Oh, it's, 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 Ski Patrol. There you go. Ski Patrol. Ski Patrol. I guess they cut Hot Dog the Movie? Hot Dog the Movie. Or to make something really bad would be great. So to take like like The Godfather and make. Just fucking ruin it. Make it so bad that it becomes a cult classic. Yeah. (laughs) Here you go, Tommy Wiseau. Remake Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Give that guy. I'm strangely intrigued by that idea. I did not blow it up. I did not blow Alderaan up. You're, oh, hi, well, Luke. Th- you know what you're just describing? You're just describing YouTube. Like, you're basically just yeah, describing yeah, yeah, exactly. the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly yeah. what yeah. the internet Sweeting is. Sweeting movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, great, man. I know... The, okay, so the Blu-ray uh, comes out the 17th of March. Is that right? It's out. It's out. 17th of February. 17th of February. Yeah. What, what year is this? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Blu-ray and DVD and HD is out now. Digital downloads out. Yes, yeah, so I so I have I have the Blu-ray, which basically gives you the option to ha- to get like an ultraviolet, like to download the movie and put it on ultraviolet, which is a like a, a basically an online archive of all of the films that you buy digitally. You can nice. go into nice. So yeah, I so don't have that. It's good. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. I, I hope. I are you happy with the movie? I'm happy with the movie. Good. I, I, I you know the Weinstein Company let me make exactly the movie I want to make. 
I can't, I can't ask, ask for more than, more than that. No. That was great. And do you, I mean, I'm sure, do you get caught up in any of the, even though you didn't watch the Oscars, did you get caught up in any, like, I wonder if we're going to, or, ah, uh, fuck. I didn't think about it until we got um, uh, a Golden Globe nomination. I was like, oh, I guess that, I don't know, I didn't think about it. Did you go? Yeah, I went to the Golden Globe. That's where he was talking to the sea pillars at the table. Oh, that's right. That was yeah. the reason, yeah. Well, it's, it's funny, Amy Poehler has a whole, like, uh, thing in her book about, it's like, like when it comes to awards, it's like uh, it's like you 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 know pudding exists and you you know it's fine. But then someone's like it's like uh, hey you might get some pudding. You're like well fuck yeah pudding sounds great. I love to get some pudding. <laughs> Everyone's saying like yeah you should really want that pudding. Yeah fucking let's get this pudding going on. Oh the pudding goes to someone else. Fuck that I wanted that yeah, pudding. Yeah. You're like, you yeah. didn't want it a moment ago. Yeah but now I'm into now it. That I lost, know about yeah, now yeah. that I lost. No one lost the pudding. Yeah. Now I fucking now I'm mad about the pudding. Yeah. Do you no. want some pudding now? It's too late. Too late. Bill thinks uh, award season is a plague. That's what he's, he calls it. No, he calls it a disease. Oh. Award season is a disease. It is kind of an emotional disease. It's a disease. It affects. It infects every thing and every one. It's a good distraction, though. I guess <laughs> before we all die. Yeah, yeah sure. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, in a way. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, basically, all day long, there's horrible atrocities going on in the world. And then just for a minute to be like, yeah. I wonder where that dress came from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Golden Globe, you know, it's kind of like, look, I was happy to be there, but the whole thing's kind of a little bit gross. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. It's a gross, you know. Just because everyone's, bu- is it like the vying for attention or it's just the a look at me? gross kind of, you know, you know, here we have people getting, people getting beheaded and, uh, you know, people can't eat and we're sitting there. You know, thousand dollars a ticket, eating little fucking food in billion dollar dresses, and it just feels gross to me. Yeah. I don't know. It's I funny. Mean, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll get used to it, but I don't. it's weird. It's every you every will. interview Trust now, me. like people, it's like uh, everyone seems to try and justify the awards now. Now that like awards are like so made fun of all the time, it's like you know, it's a chance for all of us to. It's not you know, we're always. It's like everyone's always trying to justify the fact that it's happening and they're there and make it seem it's like not a big deal. But well, I wonder yeah. if we're gonna run into Ted next year. He's gonna pull up in like a like a Porsche. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just like have some Raymond. What's up, bros? I'm like, yeah. gonna get hair plugs. Yeah, yeah. Total. Yeah. Uh, he's directing Entourage. This guy. <laughs> he's directing Entourage too. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not ungrateful for it. I just, you know, you just feel a sense of you feel dirty after you go. I, I felt. I, yeah. I can't say you feel. I felt dirty. Yeah. Going after that, I felt like I don't know. Well, I don't think I'm in any danger of going to that, so I think... Uh, <laughs> no, it does, Chris. But then I went to the Critics' Choice Awards, and I didn't feel that. It was very relaxed, so I guess it's part of the, whatever the event is. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's just the people throwing the party. Yeah. yeah. You know. And it's also with the Golden Globes, nobody cares what anyone's saying. Everyone's drunk in the bar, in the back room, mm-hmm. screaming. And you yeah. can't even hear what the person who just won the award is pouring their heart out, and nobody cares. Yeah, that's what I heard when someone uh, had like a clip online of like uh, the, the room tone. Or like the actual what it sounds like when you're in the room, and it's just you just hear plates talking, no, and, and glasses like, clinking. Ah, and literally, you can't hear. You that can't much. hear anything. Yeah, the no, sound system. That good makes enough. you kind of feel disturbed. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I thought Amy and Tina were fantastic. They oh, were they were fantastic. great. Yeah, yeah. The Academy Awards is not like that. It's a very proper, you know, quiet, the respectful show. kind of thing. But. Sit, listen. Yeah. Hey, is it crazy that Lego Movie wasn't nominated for Best Animated Movie? It really is crazy. Yeah. It I'm really is. That. It really is crazy that it was it. Who I, are the I, nominees? Box Trolls, Box Troll, Big Hero Trolls. Six, Big Heroes, yeah. Um, How to Train Your Dragon Two, How to Train Your Dragon Two. See, there was anything with a two. 
instantly out. And yeah. there were two movies. One that I think was French uh, one. And then was it was there a Japanese? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So well, Big Hero Six was great. Box Trolls was not better than Lego Movie. No. No. It was a good movie. But it's not better than Lego Movie. Yeah, yeah, Lego Movie was pretty spectacular. I don't know. I don't know. Also, there was that. Uh, what was that? Guillermo del Toro. Book oh, Book of Life. Yeah, Book of Life. That, that yeah. got nominated. No, it shouldn't. It should have, right. but it didn't. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. All those things are politicized. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Is it, is hearing you know, no matter how like when you see the actors, you're like, oh, I mean, I can't even believe that it's been it. But it's just like the months of campaigning. Like it's a very orchestrated it's a campaign. Yeah. yeah. If you don't play the game, you don't you don't play the game. That apparently, you know, I guess they throw parties. Like you have to throw parties and spend a ton of money. It's basically like a political campaign. Yeah, spend a ton of money, and you know, and that know. doesn't work out. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> right. It, it never feels, has not worked out once in history. It feels weird. <laughs> it just feels weird. But uh, you know, I guess. As long as you get to keep doing the kind of stuff that you want to do, and you know, like if that if those if those opportunities come along, fine. And if not, fine. then it doesn't really it's fine. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, I don't. I rented my tux from Men's Warehouse. Perfect. <laughs> I was all in for two hundred forty dollars. I guarantee it, including the socks. Nice. What? And, and I got to keep, George no, I got to keep the, the socks. socks. They give you the socks. socks. They're yeah. are guys. You would awful. hope you would keep the socks. But that's all for me. It was like I picked it up on Saturday, returned it on Tuesday, and went done. Done. Perfect. My wife was tortured for four weeks. With- <laughs> <laughs> so it's fine. Well, it's good to see you, man. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. But come back when you make the next movie. I will. It's Please. Been yeah. Fun. yeah. Please do. When do you think that's going to happen? Hope very soon. Okay. This year. All right. I should start in the summer. Oh, in Long Island again. Yeah. You're going to be yeah, over there go. in August again? <laughs> At least it's on the island. <laughs> cool. All right. Enjoy your burrito, everyone. Thank you, guys. Thank Thanks you. so much, man. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. I'm Shimon Yai, and I have a new podcast called The Competition. Every year, 50 high school senior girls compete in a massive scholarship competition. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. All of the competitors are used to being the best and the brightest. And they're all vying for a huge cash prize. This will probably be the most intense thing you've ever gone through in your life. I remember that feeling because I was one of them. I lost. But now I'm coming back as a judge and also a kind of teen girl anthropologist. Because if you want to understand what it's like to be a young woman in America today, the competition's not a bad place to start. Hopefully no one will die on station night. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is the competition. Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.